Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Hello, beautiful souls. Thank you for tuning in. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Chances are, you are in a Facebook group, maybe a lot of them, or if you own a business, you probably have your own Facebook group. Today on the show, I invited my guest, Anna Gray, to talk about all things Facebook groups, posts, conversations, conversion, how to get engagement. She is all about Facebook groups. For 10 years, she ran her own Facebook group and grew her business all from her group and organically. Now she uses her knowledge of groups to teach you how to stop having failing communities and instead run a thriving group where sales become easy. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Thank you for coming on the show, Anna. Thank you for having me. Ah, uh, yes. It's so fun to talk about Facebook groups because it seems to be the thing, right? With algorithms, people are switching from Facebook pages or personal pages to Facebook groups. Tell us about the difference between pages and groups. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. As you know, like you said, Facebook likes to change their algorithm to support their needs. And in the old days, Facebook pages were the place to be. It didn't cost you much to build a community on a Facebook page, but now Facebook has to pay their bills. So nowadays, Facebook pages are really a place for Facebook to gain to gain monetization because it's really a pay-to-play platform. The great thing about Facebook groups is in the past, Facebook groups got a bad name, so they really didn't invest their resources into Facebook groups, and now they are like they did their pages years ago. So mastering the art of a Facebook group is really key nowadays because it's not pay to play and you can really cultivate a community for very little or no budget versus a Facebook page. A Facebook page is very difficult to build a community on there now. It's a great way to build a billboard or your first impression. But as far as cultivating a relationship, it really, really, really comes down to building a, a confident, engaging Facebook group, which is, which is a rarity these days. Mm-hmm. If you're just starting, let's go back to the beginning. Would you recommend it to be an open group or a closed group? That's a great question. It's a very common question. Open groups are really not groups. Open groups are a glorified version of a Facebook page but you can't really check the insights as well. So open groups, you don't get the engagement. You don't get the community aspect. You don't get people really opening up into uh, your community as much as a closed group. A closed group is literally a closed group. It is a safe place. It is a safe place for people to share their opinions, a safe place to share their struggles. Whereas an open group, you are open to, you know, your friends out there scrutinizing when you post. And that's a big fear for community members and community owners. Because uh, as there are so many different types of groups, there are a lot of sensitive subjects and people are afraid that if they if they post or if they make a comment that their friends will see it. So a closed group is really your guarantee that the only people that see the group are in your actual group themselves. Okay. So when the group is closed and no one is engaging except for the owner, 
Mm-hmm. That is a problem I hear from entrepreneurs or group owners that is very common. What do you suggest in such cases? Well, here's where I probably am not the most popular in this answer because what I think most people and I is trust me, I get this question all the time. What I think most people want the answer to be is that your members are going to be the ones that are going to post more than you. It is an absolute mindset shift. It is okay for you to. Be be the only one posting because it's a mindset shift as to the type of content you're posting. Typically, and this is where so many groups have failed because they assume that the way that a Facebook group works is really kind of like a blog post where they're going to post and they're going to cross their fingers that what their content they're posting is going to connect with their users or their members and their members are going to magically engage and now start to talk. There's a psychology around Facebook groups where people don't actually realize that. There is a reason why. I mean, we if we sit back and think about it, we under we how often do we comment or post on our own in Facebook? You know, it's probably not as common as our group owner in those groups would like us to. So we are a consumer as well. So if we take that into consideration and we look at it differently, that this is an opportunity to really cultivate a relationship and a community versus just a content dumping, information dumping location, then it takes that level of, am I wasting my time? And you're completely out of there because you don't think about other people posting. You're just simply establishing a conversation and you're just the conversation starter. You know, you can see nowadays in Facebook groups, there is actually a conversation starter badge that some members are privy to if they start conversations. But typically they're not conversation starters in the actual, like their own posts. They're actually conversation starters because they're consistently commenting. So being the only one posting in your group, it's not a bad thing. And that's really what I want my message to be, that it's okay for you to be the only one posting. At some point in time down the line, yes, you will start to see that your members will feel comfortable enough to post and they won't feel shy and they won't feel like they're being judged because that's typically what why people are afraid to post. So it's really not what you're doing wrong. It's really, you know, they have to get back past those barriers as far as feel, feeling comfortable enough in the group. And that's really your opportunity as the group owner to get them to feel comfortable. So it takes a lot of work, but it doesn't take a lot of time. Mm, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say it would be too much to post one post a day, like post one post every day? I am a huge fan of one post a day. One meaty post a day because we are in the old days we used to teach post three times a day so that you can capture someone that's on in the morning, someone that's on in the middle of the day, and someone that's on at night. Well, that's not how it works today. If and, and my goal in life is for my students to understand that the algorithm doesn't mean a thing to you as a group owner. Your goal as a group owner is for your group members to click on your group every day and say, what did I miss today? Whether or not the Facebook algorithm shows you the post in the group, you want your group members to show up every day and just see what did I miss, okay? So if you have three posts a day, it's really complicated and it gets confusing. If you have one really good meaty post, one good conversation starting post a day, it allows people to not feel overwhelmed with your group and actually show up every day to see what do they miss and be a part of that conversation. So I'm a huge fan of one post a day. Mm, That is amazing. How would you say would be the best tip for now a days to grow your Facebook group? 
Growing your Facebook group is not any different than it used to be, really. It's, um, I know that a lot of people nowadays teach, you know, Instagram and they teach building relationships and they teach social media is actually being social. It's not just throwing something out there and hoping that people just show up. So it's the same thing for Facebook groups. You're building relationships. You're really building that first impression outside of your group. So whether you're on Instagram, whether you're um, on your Facebook page or if you don't have either of those and you're just a member of other Facebook groups, it's a great way to network. So networking is a really, is probably the most popular way to build your Facebook group. I know that most of my students build their groups through networking in other groups. And that's not saying that it's selling in other groups. It's really being, being a valuable member in that group and being, being very helpful and connecting with other members in like-minded group. So for example, if you are a health and fitness coach, you you may be in other mom groups, right? In other garage sale groups. Garage sale groups are a little bit different than they used to be, but let's just say you're in another mom's group, right? And you get a lot of questions or there's a lot of questions that go on about, you know, New Year's resolutions or meal planning or it is your job as a as a group owner to just be helpful. And that's not even inviting people to your group. Because what happens is, if you're helpful, you're going to stand out out of the noise. So that person that you just helped is going to click on your profile and see who the heck is helping me. So it's really important on your Facebook profile to have some sort of connection to your Facebook group. And that's an opportunity for you to take that conversation to the next level without actually selling to that person, without actually um, going against the rules of the Facebook group owner. I mean, we have to be respectful and there is a Facebook group etiquette, but being helpful in the group only helps you and that Facebook group owner as well, because they value the member in that group that you just helped actually values that group because they've, they've received help in that group and they value you because you were able to help them on a different level. So really networking in other groups is, is an easy, easy way to grow your group. And Mm. I'm all about organic growth. There are ways to, you know, put Facebook ads, you're going to run a challenge or something like that. That's another way to grow your group in a a massive um, influx. But I'm a huge fan of organic growth. Absolutely. You mentioned conversation starters. What examples can you provide our audience with um, some examples of good conversation starters? That's a very good question. In fact, I created a product about a year and a half ago that's actually called Conversation Starters because it's really difficult for people to start a conversation. Or we as group owners have our superpower, right? Where maybe we're health and fitness coaches or we're business coaches or we're Instagram coaches or we're, you know, we have a specific superpower that we like to teach others. So we assume that members of our group only want to hear about our superpower. I used to give this example, my husband's in real estate. I don't want to hear about real estate every day, right? But let's just say he had a Facebook group that was geared towards building a new clientele. Is he going to talk about real estate every day in that group? Well, he can, but am I going to be in there every day? No, because I don't want to talk about real estate every day. The conversation starters can really be anything. It can really bring you as the group owner down, not down to a level, but to a level where you are one of the members. 
So I happen to be off of my day job today and I happen to be working on my business today. I happen to be setting up my computer and setting up my, my camera and my microphone. And that's, I mean, that's legitimately what happened today. So I could go on my Facebook group and say, because I have a business Facebook group and say, oh my gosh, I went to get on a podcast today and I had just set up my, (laughs) my computer and my microphone and my, you know, video. And when we went to go live, of course, my headphones wouldn't work and my microphone wouldn't work. And have you ever had that experience before? Right there is a conversation, right? That is business related, but is it Facebook group related? No, it's just starting a conversation amongst people who can relate, right? So it has to relate to you as a person. If you're a mom, you can have a conversation about being a mom. If you are, I play hockey, I do a lot of things. I play hockey. It could be a conversation. If I'm in a group of hockey players, it could be a group of, you know, a conversation about hockey or not. Or let's just say my target market are hockey players, but I'm teaching Facebook groups. I could talk about hockey. Does it have anything to do with Facebook groups? No. So conversation starters are really just that. You're really just seeing what you have in common, right? And people, and they're easy to answer. That's the, that's the thing is if, if you have a, a, a very easy to answer post, your members are going to actually answer it and you're actually going to have engagement. You know, that's the biggest problem is people having engagement in their group. So it, it can be simply as, you know, what's going on in your day and how can you relate to that? Or that how can you, your members relate to that? A beautiful example because it's literally <laughs> exactly what just exactly happened. Exactly what happened. Exactly. So you can be genuine about it. You don't feel like you're forced about it. It's very easy to write, you know, because that's what happened. And, you know, you you don't even have to go on video to say it. You know, a lot of the times video is really key, right? So my posts are typically a text post, making it fun, making it relatable in life. People are still going to see that because they're not relying, I'm not relying on the algorithm. If I were relying on the algorithm, I'd say, well, I should probably do video at least, you know, three days a week, but I don't. I rely on my members to show up and see what they missed. Mm, I love that. And we get a lot of lurkers in Facebook groups. You know, they've seen it. They're not commenting. We know they're there. What's your best tip for our mindset towards those opportunities in the lurkers? It's a great question. Lurkers are actually people. Lurkers are like you and I. I don't know about you, but I, well, I'm a Facebook group geek, but I am in a lot of Facebook. I don't comment or like every group, in every group. I I happen to be a lurker, but I happen to get value out of the group, even though I don't comment or like certain things. So I am a human being. I really enjoy being a part of that group, but do I have to comment or like? No. So they're still part, they're still part of your own insights. They're still part of your active members, even though they don't like or comment. If they actually see your post, if they actually click on your group, enter your group, don't like, don't comment, but they see your posts, they show up in your insights as being a valuable member. So you have to put your own, you know, you have to put yourself in their, in their shoes. There are plenty of lurkers. Now here's how to decrease the number of lurkers, or I should say decrease the number of invaluable lurkers. And that is really your, your three questions that you ask in order to get into the group. In the old days, Facebook just, you just added people to groups and this is why they got a bad name. And they gave this really valuable tool that's called, you know, three questions. And this is your opportunity to filter in new members, right? If the, if your new members answer those questions, they've gone through one set of filters 
If they've done that, that means they want to be in your group. I don't add anybody to my group that does not answer the questions. It's, it's a very easy answer. I leave it there for three to four days. If they don't answer the questions, I just decline. So my group is 100% targeted. Whether or not they comment or like all the time, that's okay. They're humans. They wanted to be in there for a reason. They will leave the group if they don't find it valuable. So really changing your mindset as far as putting yourself in their shoes and really knowing that you're, whatever you're putting out there is still valuable and is still needed. I see way too many people closing their groups because, they, because no one's commenting or liking. And I think it's a shame because what you're putting out is actually valuable and people do see that. And I've also seen many people close their groups and get messages later from people that say that they were really upset that the group closed because they were finding it valuable, even though they didn't comment, like, or engage on the surface. Right. And you mentioned closing a group. Even if a group is pretty, you know, some would say dead, would you still recommend keeping the group and growing it? Uh, okay. So there are a few factors that I like to consider when making trying to make that decision. Number one, how long have you had the group? What was the group's initial focus, right? If you've had the group for a really long time and your initial focus was, again, here's another example from my life. For 10 years, I was a health and fitness coach. And that's why I became a Facebook group strategist because I built my business through Facebook groups. And I know the insides and outsides and I'm just a super geek about it. So I had a health and fitness business and I had, you know, a very big group of people that had joined, you know, for health and fitness years ago. So I pivot my business. I'm teaching Facebook groups. Now, does it make any sense for me to keep that group? No, because the people that are in there really wanted health and fitness, even though the number is really inflated, right? I have thousands of people in that group. So instead, that's the opportunity to start fresh, start new and really cultivate a new community. But if you've built that group years ago and you're just kind of pivoting, but you're still in that same marketplace, let's just say now you're, you're only meal planning or you're, or even you're doing, you know, self-improvement. That target is still the same. I would continue to keep that group. I would obviously have a new mindset on what it means to have a group and have walked down what your vision is for the group. It's very important. Nobody does it. Everybody wings their group. Everybody wings their group. Throw stuff to the wall and see if it sticks. There's very, I don't think I've ever met anybody with a clear Facebook group strategy ever. <laughs> and so you wonder why it's not successful because there's no, there's no strategy around it. So I think that it's worth keeping a group if you have a strategy behind it. Mm, so if someone out there right now needs Facebook strategy and need to connect with you, where would they find you at? The easiest way would be to join my Facebook group. And I'm going to make it super easy. And this is a kind of a little hack and a little tip for everyone out there. You can build your email list and build your group at the same time. Make it easy. So in my Facebook group, I continually show up and do workshop like, you know, videos or posts or text. So my link would be our community cafe, which is my business name, ourcommunitycafe.com forward slash workshop. And that will lead you to my Facebook group. Mm. What's your favorite quote, Anna? My favorite quote is, uh, it is a way, oh, it's a hockey player quote. It is a Wayne Gretzky quote. My favorite quote would be, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. And that's it. Because go out there and do it and improve. I'm always a fan of that. For 10 years of being an online entrepreneur, I always take the shot. Whether I'm going to miss it or not, I'm going to take the shot. So 
that's my favorite. Awesome. Anna, you are so super. You work in the operating room. You are an online entrepreneur and you are a mom. You are truly super. In those times when you need a mindset reset for yourself, what do you do? There are a couple of things I do. I, every Monday after my 12-hour shift, I go get a one-hour foot massage. It is the best $30 a week I spend. And I listen to audiobooks on my way in and out to work. So that, that's my mindset shift. I'm able to revive and renew by doing those two simple things, really. Thank you for sharing those tips with us. And thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 